0: next governor. Said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Let every head be bowed, never idle, as we look to the Lord again, the word of prayer. Our Father, we're thankful today for this opportunity to be here in the house of the Lord, and we're thankful, Father, that you provided a way that we could come, and Lord, to bring the word of God in song and in spoken word, and I pray you'll bless the message to our hearts, and Father, I pray that you'll stir the gift that is within the hearts of the children of God, and I pray that you'll save that one which is lost by your marvelous grace, that the Holy Spirit shall have his way in this service just now. I pray that you will use us, Father, that you will help us because we need your power right now as much as ever in our life. May the power of the Lord be real and manifested and gracious souls birthed into thy family this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today I will to speak to you from these verses of scripture and we'll have other verses of scripture that we'll read also in just a few minutes. And uh, as we look into God's Word, I want to talk to you about something I feel is very, very important. Something maybe you haven't thought about in a long time, maybe you have. But I want to speak to you today on God's messengers. God's messengers to keep you from hell. God's messengers to keep you from hell. Now, this verse, these verses in chapter 9 of the book of Acts, the Bible tells us about a man who was a great sinner. He was religious in his belief, in his religion, but it was lost. He did not know Jesus as his Savior. He was not born again. And although that he was a prominent man, and a prominent man in his religion, yes, yeah, He had a religion that was lost, and he was lost. His name was Saul. And while he was persecuting the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and making havoc of the church, the Lord spoke to Saul on that road to Damascus, and uh, he was saved, he was converted. He came to the Lord and was saved on that road to Damascus. Now, in his case, and in his case, the Lord spoke to him, uh, in a specific manner. And the Lord spoke to him and he was saved. And he said, Lord, what will I have to do? And of course the Lord told them what he uh, might do in the work of the Lord and to go on and serve the Lord. Now God doesn't always speak to us in that matter as he did to Saul. He doesn't always speak to us in an normal voice from heaven and tell us how to be saved and what we must do to be saved. But He does speak to us in other ways. He speaks to us through many means. And that's what I want to see today, I want you to see, is that God has messengers in His providence, in His power, and in His purpose. He has messengers to help us and to show us how that we can be prepared uh, to live in this life and prepared for a better life to come. Now, in the word of the Lord, we find the scripture tells us of those who are messengers. And it may seem strange to you, but God has left in the world many types of messengers to help point us to Calvary. The first messenger that I'd like to mention to you, and that is the messenger of a Christian mother who puts many a precious son or daughter to the cross, to the Lamb of God. And certainly every mother who is saved, every mother who knows the Lord, or every dad for that matter, who knows the Lord, who has been born again, they are a messenger to their children and to their family and to their community that there is power in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that they're being saved and converted, showing to friends and neighbors and family that Jesus certainly is real. We find the account over in the book of Ruth. In the book of Ruth, you'll find in chapter 4 and verse 13. Beautiful, this is. The scripture says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And he went in unto her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord. Which have not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age, and thy daughter in law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee, that seven sons have borne him. And Naomi took the child, and laid in her bosom, and became nurse to it. And the women, her neighbors, gave. In a name, saying, "There is a son born to Naomi." They called his name Obed. Uh, He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now here you see a beautiful picture of Boaz and Ruth, uh, and you see that God blessed their union, and God blessed them with a son, which was to uh, be the forefather of King David. You have again another beautiful scripture right over the page there in in Samuel, in first Samuel chapter one, and verse ten, of a mother who loved the Lord. And verse ten, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And of course it was Hannah. Verse eleven, and she bowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor come upon his head. And it he came to pass, and she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her word. Now Hannah, she spake, in her heart, only uh, her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor swung drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Have not thine hand made for a daughter of Pharaoh, but out of thy abundance of my uh, complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the Lord of Israel dressed thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Now you find them down in verse 20. It says, Wherefore it came to pass. When the time has come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Now, here was a woman who asked God for a child, and she besought the Lord that God may give her a man child, which the Lord did. Now, after that, this child came into the world. She had lent him to the Lord. She gave this child back to the service of the Lord after he was weaned. And uh, this child, Samuel, became a great man for God. But uh, this woman, Hannah, she, first of all, was a lover of the Lord who believed that God would do something, that God would answer prayer. And so she was a mother who loved Christ. Now, every mother in this building who loves the Lord, every one of you that loves Jesus, every mother, God has allowed you to be a messenger to your children about the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants you to be a messenger to your children how that they might be saved and come to a saving knowledge. We had in our church years ago when I was pastor of Colonial Heights Baptist Church. I'm now a full-time in evangelism. But we had a man with us whose mother lived in uh, West Virginia. I was factoring there in High point, North Carolina. And uh, his mother lived in West Virginia. And this boy, he was wild and wicked and reckless. Uh, every night he'd he find himself out at pool hall. He'd find himself out drinking wine and beer and uh rum and uh, whiskey and liquor, everything he could get his hands on. He was wild. He was without God, no concern for God. But this boy had a mother in West Virginia. Every night at 9 o'clock, she prayed, Oh God, save my son. Oh God, help him to be saved. Every night at 9 o'clock, regardless where he was, if he was drinking beer, He quit drinking his beer because he knew mother was praying at nine o'clock. If he was drinking liquor, he quit drinking liquor. If he was in the pool hall, he put the cue stick down. He quit whatever he was doing at nine o'clock because his mind traveled back to the foothills of West Virginia, to a mother who was on her knees praying that he'd be saved. Now I remember as he came to church one day, uh, some of his uh, kinfolks and friends had been saved in our church. And he decided he'd come out one day to do a little work about the building. He came around, fiddling around, doing this and that in the building and uh, he began to observe the Christians. And So he decided he'd come for service. He came for service, he heard the singing and then the, the Word of God. And when the invitation was given, this old boy who'd been around, he'd been everywhere, he'd done everything. But yet his soul was not satisfied, he didn't have the Lord. And when the invitation was given, he walked down the aisle and he came to the altar and he trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his own personal Savior there at Colonial Heights Baptist Church. He got up from there and he told me the story later how that through the prayers of his mother uh, that he came to know Jesus. Of course, he heard the word. But God's messenger that stayed on his heart was the prayers of of his mother back home in West Virginia praying that he be saved. He said he got on the phone, he called back, and his mother didn't have a phone way back up in the hills of Virginia where uh, she lived, and she didn't have a phone. But said that uh, he got on the phone, he called back home. And he told the, the nearest temple to go tell mother that her prayers had been answered and that her son was now saved. And they said they went and told that little mother how did he come to the Lord and said all over the hills of West Virginia. You could hear the echoes of a mother shouting the praises of the Lord because prayers had told them. Son, And he was now saved, and surely he was a messenger, not as John the Baptist was. John the Baptist over in the book of John, the Bible said in chapter 1 and verse 6, there was a man sent from God uh, whose name was John. She wasn't a John the Baptist. Uh, yet she was a messenger sent from the Lord uh, to her son that he might be saved. Amen? Amen? Isn't it wonderful that the Lord does not leave us in a sinful world without hope, but he leaves messengers for us to be saved. Uh, I feel, I'm glad of that, that the Lord uh, leads messengers and many times to a Christian mother. Many mothers have kept their children from going to a doom and going to hell because of the prayer that she put up for her son or for her daughter. And I'll say this, uh, a mother that loves the Lord, uh, she is the greatest thing that is in the world, I suppose, a mother who loves the Lord. Uh, Husbands, I say to you today, if your wife is here saved and you're not saved, your wife is one of the dearest things between you and the Lord. Your wife who loves the Lord is one of the dearest things that you can have if she loves the Lord. And you ought to praise God for her. Husband, today, if you have a mother... Or if you have a wife uh, that really loves God, you are to appreciate her with all your heart. For she might keep you from going into eternity lost without God. Now I want you to see the second thing uh, that uh, we've had in the this morning. The messengers that God sent our way in order to keep us out of hell. We hear... Our messages in song, as you have heard this morning. Uh, We hear messages on radio, but we think about it, God has allowed Radio preaching. He has allowed pulpit preaching. He has allowed preaching in various places. Sometimes on the street. Sometimes in the plants where we work at various places. He has allowed preaching. of This gracious book I hold in my hand. That we might hear the word. And might know how that we can go to heaven instead of hell. I'm glad that he's done this. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1. And verse 21, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God said that it pleased the Lord uh, by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Uh, now, this word is not foolish, uh, but he said by the foolishness of preaching. Uh, listen, friend, God, in his power and purpose, uh, has allowed the preaching of the word uh, to reach down and save souls. Uh, there is nothing that can take the place of the preached word of God. Amen. 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 Nothing, absolutely nothing, uh, can take. Place of preaching this word. I was saved and converted through the preaching of the Word of God. I was most confused. I was the most confused man. I suppose in my neighborhood uh, I had many ideals my own ideals about Christianity and about how to be saved I had my own uh, philosophies, I, I had my own uh, ideals about this thing of being uh, a Christian or not being a Christian, uh, but you know what uh, convinced me that I was a sinner that needed to be saved preaching of this word, the word of God, it was the power, the dynamite of God's word that convinced my heart and save my soul. Now we want to thank God for all time preaching of the Bible. Yes, sir. Some places in the United States, they don't have preaching of the Bible anymore. Some places have become mere social gathering places uh, where the world where the God is seldom if never heard in many places. Uh, it's just a social gathering house uh, in a lot of places, not only in the United States, but other lands uh, as well. Uh, i say if we were to praise God for uh, the preaching of the Word of God, we uh, were to praise God for Brother Belong when he preaches the Word of God or other pastors or preachers uh, when they preach the Word of God. Because it's the word, the old time preaching, the God-breed, sin-killing type of preaching, devil-hating, blue hell hot hell-hot-heaven-beautiful type of preaching that it's the job done. You'll never win people to the Lord, pat them on the back and tell them how good they are and how wonderful they are without Christ. Never will they get saved that way. A person must realize their position before the Lord as God sees them. And as God sees us, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short the glory of God. Every one of us are lost without God until that we come to Jesus Christ and receive the Lord. Now I have you to notice over the book of Romans 10 and verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of peace. Good things. Uh, So here we see God says uh, that the preaching of the word of God. uh, How wonderful it is that we could be saved. Supposing God never let another message go forth. Supposing God would never let uh, this island of St. Martin hear another gospel message. Uh, Supposing God would not let any of these islands ever hear again another gospel message. Uh, Or supposing God would not let the United States hear another gospel message can you conceive what a terrible thing that would be for ever, every soul living without Christ would be utterly doomed to be damned for hell but I'm glad God slept preaching of the word and God has left a hope, God has left my friend a way that we can escape hell and go to heaven through the preaching of the word of God now Notice the third thing uh, that is a messenger sent from God Uh, in His providence. God has sent a messenger, and I'll have you notice Matthew 16 and verse 18, and we see another messenger that God has allowed us to see today with our own eyes, and that is this: Matthew 16 and 18, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now here he said, Upon this rock I shall build my church. Now today the Lord has left a messenger to the island of St. Martin. I've mentioned to already, this messenger you can see with your own eyes. You see this building? God. of the Lord. Aren't you glad that we were here a couple of years ago you were in the smaller building and now God has left God has given you a larger building to worship the Lord in and this is a testimony to this community that Jesus Christ can be found in this building. Amen? It certainly is. It's a testimony. This church my friend stands as a representative of heaven as a representative of God and of the Spirit, uh, as a representative of a better place, a better land uh, than what we know now. Somebody says, well, preacher, uh, the church sometimes fails. Uh, Well, the church with all its failures, uh, I'll say this, uh, it's still running far past anything else the devil ever had. Amen. Uh, With all its failures, uh, there's nothing that's coming inside of it uh, as far as God is concerned. And it might not be a perfect church. It might not be my friend. And I know it's not a complete church yet until God has uh, has us all that takes us on up to heaven. It might not be a, a perfect church. But thank the Lord. It is the church that the Lord has left in this land. And because of the church, we can be saved. And we are saved because of the church. Now, God did not call the YMCA or the Lodges or the Red Cross or the March of dying for the Texas Society for the United Father. Any those things we have in America and possibly some of those things you might have here. God didn't call those, but he did establish the church. And I praise the Lord for the church. I'll tell you when I see a church of the Lord, I see the house of God. I like to just go in. And many times by myself, sometimes in travel, if I can get into the house of the Lord somewhere, some pastor I know if He's not there. If I can just walk in that church and just kneel and pray and say, Thank God for another a place beside the road where they can hear the gospel and people can come to God. And God has a messenger to this community. And to you that are lost here today, that he's left the church that you might hear the gospel and be saved. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians 5 and 25, husbands, Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church uh, and gave himself for it. Now you notice what he said. He said, Husbands, love your wives. Now you didn't say love somebody else's wives. Uh, He said, Love your wives. And he gave himself for it. Now the Lord gave himself for what? the church. He didn't give himself uh, for the devil because the devil, he's doomed uh, because of rebellion, uh, but he gave himself for the church. God says, husband, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church, uh, and gave himself for it. So every one of us who are born again believers, uh, we are of the church. Amen. And this building is a place where people may hear the gospel and be saved. The church has done more uh, for this island. The church has done more for these other islands. Uh, the power of Christianity has done more for America. The power of Christianity has done more for other countries than all other things come together. The church, the power of the Lord, my friend, is the thing that have, it is called great statement of uh, the power of the church and the Lord has called great presidents and great uh, congressmen and great soldiers and, and has sent forth preachers and missionaries and uh, evangelists, uh, I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's a lot of people who want to criticize the church. Well you can criticize all you want to, just don't criticize to me. Because it was through the church that I'm here today. I'm saved. But call to the church. Go out there and criticize to that crowd that wants to criticize along with you. And you all can have a ball. But don't criticize the church to me. Uh, for it's through the church that I'm saved and born again. And have my sins washed away. And I'm going to heaven by the means of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Somebody says, some says, well, uh, Uh, I I won't go to church. Possibly some might say it about the New Baptist Church here on St. Martin, uh, And they'll say, well, I won't go to church because uh, there are hypocrites in the church. Have you ever heard that? Uh, There are hypocrites in the church. Uh, I don't know if you all hear that here, but you must by your smiles. uh, But in America, we hear that quite often. There are hypocrites in the church. Let's notice in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, and verse 13. God has something to say about hypocrites. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Verse 14, Matthew 23. Now, Woe <laughs> unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour witness houses, and for a make long prayer. Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrite, for you can pass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, You make him pupil more the child of hell than uh, yourself. So, you see here, God pronounced some woes upon the hypocrite. Now, no doubt somebody sometime has said, uh, Brother Long, I just won't go to Good News Baptist Church because there are some hypocrites over there. No doubt that's been said sometime or another. Well, what about that? Now, we don't Think about going down to the grocery store to buy our groceries where there's some hypocrites behind the uh, counter sometimes selling groceries. We never say I don't buy groceries because there's a few hypocrites selling groceries. We never say that too. We don't think anything about uh, going to buy milk or buy our clothes sometimes. Uh, I don't ever hear anybody saying, uh, I don't buy my clothes uh, because uh, there's a man that's that's a hypocrite that sells clothes. I never hear that statement. Uh, but we say we don't go to church sometimes because there hypocrites in the church. Well now, is the church better than her Lord? The Lord Jesus Christ has well disciples, He's not... He had one in that 12, was a first-class hell-bent hypocrite. Uh, if you believe, one of those lost as lost could be. Judas Iscariot, he wasn't saved, he was an hypocrite. Alright, if Jesus had 1 in 12, if he had 2 in in 24, if he had 24 disciples, uh, if he had 4 in 48, and 8 in 96 people, he had 8 hypocrites. And if there's a few hypocrites scattered around in the church uh, using that figure, then we're getting along pretty good, aren't we? If Jesus had had about 96 and had about 8 hypocrites, uh, and we're running the same ratio, we'd think it'd be about pretty good. Good with it, amen. No, we shouldn't let the hypocrites uh, step over them. Somebody make the statement that if a hypocrite stands between you and God, that they're closer to God than you are. So if a hypocrite's in your way, step over him and come run into Jesus, that you might be saved. And come to the Lord. All right. Let's think about it. now what you is the next thing, my friend. I am glad that God's classes the church. It's not a perfect church. And every once in a while someone will get in the church who doesn't love the Lord. But they don't mind to them. thank the Lord for those who do love the Lord. Yeah. Somebody said, well, I can point you one that over there at that church that don't love the Lord. Go ahead and you point the one. I'll to about fifty or 75 who does, so you're one. Amen. Don't so want all you want to. I don't pray the mind with that crowd that don't love the Lord, For I already know there's some that don't. I praise the Lord I have good fellowship with those who do. Amen. 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 Now let's notice the next thing. That's a messenger from God uh, to keep souls from hell. This Bible I hold in my hand uh, is God's messenger uh, to keep souls from hell. The Bible is still outsells all over the book. The Bible is the great book. It's the greatest book in all the world. It's great, first of all, because of its author in 2 Peter 1.21. For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of men, but a holy man of God's faith as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Uh, We have this book today, my friends. Uh, It does not contain the Word of God, as somebody says. Uh, It's not just some of it, the Word of God. Uh, I believe that this is God's Word from the Front page to the back page. Uh, I believe that when it says Holy Bible, I believe mean that too, uh, from yeah. cover to cover, this yeah. is the Word of God, uh, our roadmap, uh, our flight pattern, if you please, from earth to heaven, uh, and you can depend on this Word. Amen. Yeah. You can depend on this Word. Now, it's great because of its author, it's great also. Because of its power, we know that God is the author of this book. God has given us a book of all the Bible, left it for us, that we might be saved and know how to live and conduct ourselves as we are saved. Then, it's not only great because of the author, it's great because of the power that is the Word of God. The Bible said in Luke nine forty three, and they were all made. At the mighty power of God. They were all amazed at the power of the Lord. There was an infidel one time that challenged a preacher. Said you say there is power in the word of God. I to debate with you about that. He says fine. And they set a place and a time for to debate. Wasn't the power, there was power in the Word of God. And the preacher says, I'll One thing that I will request I want to bring a hundred converts who've been saved to the debate that they may be proof of the power of the Lord. Well, when the time came, the preacher and a hundred converts were there, but the infidel was not there. He knew he didn't stand a chance against men whose lives had been transformed by this book. There's power. In the word of the Lord. The, the Bible says in Romans 1 and 16, for well, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jews first, and also to the Greeks. Now in verse 20, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. However, today, we see that this word has power. This word will save a soul. It's great because of its honor. It's great because of its power. And it's great for other reasons, up. Now, someone says, "Well, I don't know about the Bible, but what I'll say." I didn't know about God's plan of salvation. I didn't know how to be born to the family of the Lord. And I didn't uh want anything to do with Christianity. I respected Christians, but I didn't want anything to do with them. But you know what? There was something that brought home to my heart. The Spirit of the Lord began to convince me. And God began to deal with me. And that night that I knelt on my knees and said, God, I don't understand much about about this thing of salvation. I don't understand much about the Bible. I didn't even own a Bible, never owned the Bible in all my life. I, I said, God, I don't understand this, but if you're true, if you have power to save an old sinner, here I am. If you can save me, do it, and he did it. There's power in God right there when I trusted the Lord and you that's been saved you have experienced the power of God when the Lord saved you. Not only well, is it great because of its power it's great because uh, of its author but it's great also because of its promises. Uh, the Bible says in verse Kings 8 and verse 5 and 6 Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he promised I have not failed one word of all his good promises which he promised by the hands of Moses, his servant. Now, the promises of God are sure and they're dependable. I might promise you something and I couldn't fulfill my promise. We found that uh, so vividly here uh, just in the last two days. We were supposed to be here two days ago. On Friday night for the service, uh, and because uh, of the plane problem and the, the connections and so forth, we didn't get here this morning. So we could not fulfill our obligation. We fully meant to be here on Friday evening for the service, uh, but we could not be here at that time. We tried everything humanly possible to get on this island on Friday night, but we could not get on this island. We being in prayer. We not having the power so conveyed it us. But you know what? God has never failed the first promise of. If He says He'll do something, He'll do it. If He says He'll uh, be somewhere, He'll be somewhere. If God says He'll do something for you, you can count on it. Not the first promise has He ever broken up to be of His Up, And every child of God today can rest assured that the Lord promises every single one of them are pure and trustworthy. Amen. Now, many times, whenever a man is to be elected to office uh, as a president or a congressman or or something of that sort, uh, in the the states, a lot of times they'll make promises. Uh, And we've been on the islands at different times when they were having campaigns for this party or that party to get into office as premier. And a lot of times people will make promises. uh, And sometimes they'll keep some of those promises. And sometimes they can't keep some of those promises. But that's not true. When the Lord promises you to save you, you can rest assured he'll do exactly what he said. He said what he he means, what he said. And he has all sufficient power to do exactly what he's promised you he can do. And he'll do that. All right. Let's go on, I hasten on. I hope you'll see another messenger that the Lord has sent our way. And he sent the Bible, I read as a messenger, but we see another one. And that is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. He has sent as a messenger to the world today. Now, who is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit? Well, we find in Acts chapter 5 and verse 3 that he is the convincer. In Acts chapter 5 to 3, he is a convention. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep uh, that part of the price of the land? Now, you know the story, that I mean, you do, about Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, they were sending their lands, they were taking the money, and they were laying the money at the Speed, and It was distributed uh, as it was needed and given uh, to the poor, and they had all things common. And, and God was blessing the people of the early church. But here we see Ananias and Sapphira, they held back on God, and they came and made pretense. They said, We've done this. And we've done that. And they lied to God. Well, when they lied, the Holy Spirit, uh, who is the convincer, uh, uh, has spoken to Peter. And he says, why have you lied uh, to the Holy Ghost? Uh, why has Satan caused you to lie? I'm sure today that some of you here in this building... Uh, that many times the devil has tempted you in one fashion or form another and tried to get you to lie to God or lie to your pastor or do something that you know your heart is wrong. That's exactly what Ananias and Sapphira so did. And because that they did, they died for their disobedience to the Holy Spirit. Now he is the convincer, but he is the convictor. In Acts chapter seven and verse fifty-one, the scripture said, "Ye stiffnecked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your father did." So. Do ye. Alright. Now here you'll find that uh, he says uh, that you stupid and uncircumcised heart the ears. Of. You're resisting the Holy Ghost. He is the one who convicts you. Have you ever been in church and the singers sung the fire song like we signed fire this morning? Dick and Shirley sang so beautifully. And have you ever been to church and uh, then the man preached the word of God and you get up and stand there at your pew shaking like a leaf and trembling and you knew that you, if you did what you should, walked out of this aisle, and he'll hear, and trust the Lord, and ask Jesus to come into your heart and save you, and yet many times you stood and shook as the breeze would, blow the leaf me on a tree. Have you ever done that most? i dear before we were saved. We were afraid, and the convictor, the Holy Spirit, was speaking to our heart. Alright? Not only is he the convincer, and the convictor, but he is the converter. The Spirit of the Lord is the one who converts our hearts. You know how you're saved? Well, uh, I remember before I got saved, I went to the house of God. I was saved in my home. But I went to the house of the Lord. And that preacher got to preaching about heaven and hell. He got the preaching about good and bad. He told everybody everything I've done back in that church. He didn't call my name, but he told everybody how mean I was without calling my name. I thought he wasn't talking to anybody else but me. He had let everybody else have a rest, and he was preaching to me. I was about 500 people. He singled me out, seemed like, and was preaching to come me away. and nobody else had seen, brother Lord. It seemed that that preacher was just talking about me. Well, he preached. He preached. And I... Uh, the more he preached, the more weary I become. And when we stood up, it seemed like my heart moved position. It seemed like my heart got from here to right here. And I was about to joke to them. You know what was bothering me? It was that I was a sinner, and the Holy Spirit of God was showing me I was lost. And the devil, the old Adam nature of me, was to keep me from Christ and trying to tell me to say no and not to receive the Lord. That was the devil trying to keep me from God. But I'm glad that the convictor and the converter, the Holy Spirit, had his way, and it came a day when I realized that I was without God, and the only way that I could get to heaven, the only way that I could get to hell, is simply do what the mind says.